Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Jason McGay. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm particularly pleased to be up here this morning. (laughs) But before we continue, why don't you stand to your feet? Let's honor the Lord for a moment. And if you're at home and on the couch, stand to your feet. Let's honor the Lord this morning. If you're in your car and driving, it might be a challenge, but uh, yeah, yeah, you can at least raise one hand, not both, because yeah. Let's honor the Lord. Lord, we thank you and we honor you first. Lord, we lift our eyes and we fix them upon you because you are the one that has saved us and delivered us. You are our Lord and our master. You are the one that paid a great price to redeem us and to make us your own. And so we give you the praise and thanksgiving that we can gather, and we can gather in your name. We can lift up that name that redeemed us, your holy name. And we give you praise this morning in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Let's start with a scripture. It's always good to start with a scripture, don't you think? Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1, and we are going to read 15 and 16. Now, we're not going to read all of 15 and 16, and I'm going to chop out a couple words because 15 and 16 are in the middle of a long sentence that Paul is sharing, but I want you to hear what the Holy Ghost has to say in verses 15 and 16. So, we're going to start, this is the Amplified Translation, so we're going to start where it says in 15, says, but when, we're going to start with He. He who had chosen and set me apart, even before I was born, and had called me by His grace, saw fit, and was pleased to reveal His Son within me, so that I might proclaim Him among the Gentiles." That is our verse this morning. Hallelujah. So, you know, today is a a significant day for me personally. And so I've been taking some time to pray about, Lord, what would you like me to share today? What would you like me to preach on, to teach on? What would you like to do? And uh, at first, you know, I was thinking, the first thought that came to mind was, I should talk about being in the ministry. I thought, no, I don't want to talk about why I'm in the ministry. That seems a little, you know, I'm already there and being ordained. And then to talk about why I'm in the ministry, that doesn't, nah, I don't want to do that. That's not going to help anyone except other ministers. So I thought, well, no, that's maybe not that. And I skipped over that. Then I thought about, oh, I should talk about serving the Lord. Thought about serving the. We're going to talk about serving the Lord today. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. And I had all these verses come to mind. And so I wrote down some verses. And how these are good. And then as I'm thinking about it, I see it from a slightly different angle. And another whole host of verses comes to mind. It's a little bit different. 
And then that happened a third time. And now I'm thinking, I've got three sermons to preach on Sunday morning. How am I going to do this? I thought, well, I better, better take a step back and have a look at it. And, you know, maybe I can pull out one major theme out of those three sermons I just got. And so I'm thinking about that. And I'm praying about that. And then I'm trying to reconcile what I sense from the Spirit of the Lord. And I just, just this inclination, this sense about who the Lord is and what He's doing. And I, so I'm thinking about that. And I thought, well, Lord... This is all good. I've got lots of material to work with here. But obviously, I can't do that in one, you know, Sunday morning. So what would you like me to do? And I'd pray and pray and talk to the Lord and worship the Lord for a bit and listen and be quiet. And I was just not settled. I was just not settled on talking about why, you know, how we serve the Lord and what the Lord has to say about service, just, just, I wasn't settled, until this morning, when I realized that what the Lord was talking to me about was to tell the people why you follow Jesus, and that was a very different thing, share why you follow me, and so today's sermon will be more of a testimonial than it will be a sermon because I want to share with you why I follow Jesus. Hallelujah. I picked this verse here because, actually, I didn't pick it. I asked the Lord, help me find a verse I can start with. This is the verse that came to mind, and it's great. It says, He who had chosen and set me apart before I was born and had called me by His grace. Hallelujah. And it's true. I mean, this is, the, you know, this is Paul talking to the Galatians. And he's talking about his ministry. He's talking about, hey, I didn't call myself. God called me. You know, if you read the verses above and the verses after, that's part of what he's sharing with them. Or he's, he was actually not really happy with the Galatians at this point. So he was a little stern in what he was saying, but he's basically saying, listen, I didn't call me. I'm not here because I called myself to the ministry. He's saying, God called me. That's a whole different thing. I didn't choose this. God chose me to do this. And he called Paul, he said, by his grace. So it's not something that he was called to because Paul was a great theologian. And he may have been, but that's not why God called him. It's not based on his own accomplishments. And I'm telling you, there is something about that that's important for all of us to understand because none of us can do anything for the Lord out of our own strength and ability that's really worthy of it, of the calling. There's none of us that can do anything of our own ability. And I know there's people that try. I know I've tried. I know there's lots of people that try. But the bottom line is is that you're not called because you did any great thing. You're not called because you were righteous. See where I'm going with this? Anything that he's called you to is because of his grace, because he wanted to. He purposed it in his heart. We had an interesting discussion in discipleship class the other day. I was making a point about the will of God. And the fact of the matter is, is that, and I gave it this kind of an example. I was saying, you know, just imagine for a moment that... 
everyone, you know, salvation has been made available to everyone freely by His grace. Totally free, totally His grace, salvation has been made available. And let's say for whatever reason God decided except for you. <laughs> I know that's kind of grim to think about that way, but just, just one second. Except for one person. And if that was you, you were the one person, I'm telling you, there is nothing you could do to change God's mind. You couldn't behave well enough. You couldn't be good. There's just nothing you could do. You can't strong arm him into, you know, you can't rest, put him in a headlock and say, you're going to save me, I'm telling you. The fact of the matter is, (laughs) if you need to be saved, you can't help yourself. That's That's why you need to be saved. Right? Right? So there's nothing that you and I could have ever done to earn salvation, to qualify, to be good enough. The fact of the matter is, you, couldn't have, you could not have done anything to, to change his mind about it. But he has decided and purposed that you shall be saved. Hallelujah. And all you have to do is simply say, thank you. I receive it. That's what makes it his grace. Because you didn't earn it. In the same way, when he calls people, and all of us are called to belong to him, all of us are called to walk with him, all of us are called to serve one another in love, all of us are called, but we're not called because we are wonderful in and of ourselves. We're, we're called because he decided to do that. See, listen to this. He said, who had chosen and set me apart before I was born. God had nothing. He wasn't even born yet. And God had already chosen him. Hallelujah. And it's the same with all of us. He has chosen us. Praise the Lord. And it said that he saw fit and was pleased to reveal his son in me. That's how how Paul says that. He was pleased to reveal his son in me. Not just to me, but in me. It's a wonderful verse. So that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles. So uh, this verse stood out to me in this way. I didn't choose to be a teacher or a preacher. Um, It wasn't one of those things where, you know, you have the, the list at school of all the different occupations you can be when you grow up and Oh, I want to be a fireman. Oh, I want to be a policeman. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. Oh, I want to pre- be a preacher. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose any of those things. But the thing is, is that God had appointed me to that well before I was born. Thankfully, he got a hold of me and showed me so that I could make that discovery for myself. Hallelujah. And I've been, I've been blessed ever since. Amen. Praise the Lord. There were, there's many things that had occurred. I mean, I got, I got born again. You've, some of you have heard this many times, actually. I got born again when I was like six years old. I remember distinctly, I was, I don't remember exactly what I was doing. I think I was playing with Hot Wheel cars or something like that. And my mom came and was talking to me and said, talked to me. I just want, I want to talk to you about Jesus. I'm like, okay. I'd heard about him at Sunday school. So I thought, oh, okay, let's talk about Jesus. And so she explained what he has done for us. And she said, would you like Jesus to come into your heart? And I, you know, I'm six. What am I going to say? I don't know if that fits in with my current place in life. And, 
I'm six years old. What am I going to say? Well, of course, sure. That sounds good. And so I did. And, and I remember this warm glow on the inside. That's what I remember. It's the only way I can describe it is this warm glow on the inside. I was pretty happy about it. I thought, this is neat. And then I went outside and played with my trucks in the mud because I was six. That's what you do. And so I didn't really fully grasp what God had done in me that day. And it took a little while, quite a few years more, before I began to understand what it is that he had done in me. And there were many years where, I mean, I'd grown up in church for the most part, but I was very much attracted to what the world was doing. And so I veered off in that direction because I thought, well, you know, I, I seem to have a difficulty figuring out who I was, even in, even in like, I was little in school, you know. They have different styles and different things that people are, kids are doing that are trendy. And I tried them all because I thought, you know, one of these is going to be me. Uh, none of them seem to have been. And so, you know, I'm trying different things and I'm in search of something, but I didn't realize what I was in search of I already had. I just didn't know it. So I was in search of something, and I'm trying different things. And finally, God got a hold of me one day. And, uh, you know, he got a hold of me because I, I veered off a little bit too far and started messing with stuff that I shouldn't mess with and played a little bit too much over in the enemy's camp and got myself into some trouble. But you know what? That same Jesus who's patiently waiting for me rescued me out of that trouble. The same one. I mean, I find it so miraculous how he can do that. You know, I've thought about this many times, how our lives can be, what's going on inside and outside can be so noisy and so busy, so much distraction, so much confusion, so many thoughts, so many feelings, so many things taking place, and yet in the, this quiet, still Sometimes we say the quiet, still voice, but somehow there's this little thought, this little unction, this little direction, and you go in that direction and find out it was the Lord leading you. How many people have had that testimony where, you know, they were just living their lives and they had this inclination? Maybe it was an invitation from a friend to go to a meeting, and they're, a, they're you know, a, a Christian meeting, and they're thinking to themselves, ah, I don't know about that, it's not really my thing, but... So, and usually they'd said no maybe three or four times in the past, but this time they had this, you know, I sh maybe I should just go today. Just a little something. It's so small. And they go and they hear the gospel and God reaches their heart and they get born again, hallelujah, and they enter into the joy of the Lord and they say to themselves, how did I get here? How did this happen to me? This is so wonderful. And yet it was such a small little thing. In the same way, he often is working in the midst of us that way. And we can be very distracted with what's going on around us and not notice the small little thing that he's doing. But that small little thing turns out to be a very, very great thing. It's that little mustard seed, right? Smallest of the seeds, but when it's planted and grows up, it becomes greater than all the others. And so it is with the kingdom of God in our lives, yes? Ever a small little thing. And... Uh, when I was a teenager, I'd, you know, he had rescued me out of a bunch of junk that I was into. And you know what the thought was in my heart? The thought was in my heart that the Lord 
He is the right way. I had that conscience on the inside that whole time. As far as I was running, I couldn't run away from the truth I knew in my heart. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. Everything else is false and fake and not real. I mean, it's really bad, but it's not real. It's not truth. So I just knew that in my heart. When you know something and you know that you know that you know, you know. You know? You know. And I just knew it. I just knew it on the inside. And I just, I remember I've been making a mess of my life as a young teenager and I thought, God, okay, this has just gone too far. And so I turned around. I said, okay, I, I'm not going to do this stuff anymore. I know that you're, you're the right way. I know to follow you. And at that time, I turned to follow him because in my heart I knew the truth and I was tired of getting into trouble. I was tired of reaping the results of all the sin that I was in. And I knew he was right. So that's why I, I turned to him at that time for that reason. Okay, Lord, you're right. How many of us have ever said anything like that, right? We've played around in the world. We've gone our own way. Things have fallen apart. It was, it was fun for a moment, and then the next morning. It was fun for a while, and then all of a sudden the bill came. It was fun for a while, then all of a sudden the results started coming in. And then you go, yeah, Lord, you were right. Not because he's mean did he, does he tell us, don't do that. That's not why you tell, you tell your kids to, don't, don't touch that or don't go that way. You don't say that because you're being mean and want to deprive them of any pleasure in life. You don't do that. You do that because if you go that way, you're going to get hurt. Don't go that way. You're going to get hurt. And that's what his law is in our heart that way. Don't go that way. You're going to get hurt going that way. He's trying to protect us. He's trying to keep us. He's trying to preserve our lives. And so, you know, I was like, that. you know, okay, Lord, you're right. I've been messing up. This is terrible. I'll turn and I'll follow you. And I did sincerely. There was a period of time there. I turned and started reading my Bible and started reading the books that were in the library, my mom's library. I started reading the teaching books that she had on the shelf. I'm reading these books, and I find it interesting. I find suddenly there's, there's something about these books. They're talking about something that's really interesting to me. And then I'm looking in my Bible. Oh, yeah, that is what it's saying over here. And then God brings someone into my life who be, who's, who's starting up a, a church and began as a home group, brought this person in, and was very bold in the declaration of the gospel. It's not like the other ministers. No, he's just different than the other ministers that I knew. Not, who is this guy? But I started to hear some of the things that I hadn't heard before and introduced me into a whole different area of teaching that I hadn't heard before. And I started just eating it all up. I had such an appetite for truth. You know, I had wandered in the world and dabbled in philosophy and man's ideas and other religions and things like that and looking for something of substance, you know. And it's just shifting sand, I'm telling you. It's just shaky ground. 
because it's based on some man's opinion. That can change. And who is this one man versus that one man? Who's to say? You say this, you say that. They're not the same. Who's right? Someone's right. I found out God's right. Hallelujah. And you can trust what he's saying. And that's why we follow God, not the words of men, but the words of the Lord. Because what he says is truth. It doesn't change. It's not subject to opinion. It doesn't matter if you're, you, you know, like, w- there's funny illustrations out there, but I mean, hey, you know, if you, you could convince yourself that you are immune to gravity, <laughs> and you could be very persuasive in your argument on how you are immune to gravity, but I tell you, you'd take a jump off that 10-story building, and we're going to find out that all your theories and ideas don't mean anything. So the ideas of man didn't mean anything to me, but I began to, to get a witness in my heart when I read this book, this Bible, when I heard men and women of God teaching God's word. I started to get something in, in me that said, this is real and true. I can believe this. I won't be deceived by this. I won't be tricked by this. I can trust this word. It provides a security. It provides a comfort knowing there is truth. One, and it's right there. Such a security because it doesn't matter what other people say or what other people think. It doesn't matter other opinions. Who's right? Who's wrong? How should I do this? What should I do here? What should I do now? doesn't matter. What matters is his way is the right way. His, way, his word is the truth. That's what matters. If I have that, I can't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes. I'm stable. I'm solid. I'm secure because I'm founded upon the rock. Hallelujah. So I started to discover God's word, and it just came alive in me. It just came alive in me, and I'm just so excited. I'm just eating this up. And then all of a sudden, he gave me one of these little books for the ordination here. I brought it up here with me because I discovered a book called God's Generals by Robert Slierden, who did this one here as well. And uh, someone put that in my hand, and so I'm reading through it. Now, this wasn't a teaching book. It wasn't doctrine-based or anything like that. It was the presentation of the lives of men and women of God that we recognize, that we know as those who walk close with him. I say we because there's many others that we never hear about. But these are just the ones that we know and hear about. And there's something that happened to me when I was reading through that book. It was so significant. That's why I came to that meeting at Celebration Life Church before I started attending here. And I, I came because I heard, he, this guy, Robert Slayerton, is in town. I'm like, well, I got to hear him speak then. Because that book opened my eyes to see what Jesus is like lived out in other people's lives. I started to see that. I started to see... There's something, I'm following their life. And it's just the highlight reel, I understand that. But in the highlights, I could see Jesus coming through those pages as I'm flipping through. You know, one person, I have Smith Wigglesworth standing here, or standing here, in this book here. And that was one of the guys that stood out to me so particularly. He wasn't educated, in the world at least, you know. 
But he had a simplicity about him. He had a faith about him. He had a boldness about him. And was a very powerful man of God because he did not waver. He knew God. And I'm, I'm listening to that. I'm reading that, his life in, this, in these pages. And the Holy Ghost is talking to me. This is what it means to follow Jesus. This is his life that you're seeing. This is what he is like in, revealed in Smith Wigglesworth, revealed in Amy Semple McPherson, revealed in Catherine Coleman, revealed in Morale Wood with Adder, revealed in John G. Lake, and the names go on and on. But what it is that we admire about these men and women of God is the quality and the life of Jesus. That's what we admire. That's what catches our attention. That's that sweet-smelling aroma that, that comes from their lives. And we can, we can smell that aroma of the sweet presence of Christ in the lives of these men and women whose lives were yielded to him, whose lives were given over to him. And they weren't qualified because they were so smart or they were so strong or they had natural gifts and abilities. They didn't come from fame or fortune. They didn't come from any of those places. Many did not, actually. Some did, but many did not. Because God has called the weak. He's called those that were not, you know, high-born. He's called everyone. Those usually are the ones that respond because they see, I can't do this on my own. I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to give. I'm in and of myself. I don't qualify. But God has called me. Hallelujah. And he has qualified me. And I put my confidence in his ability to show himself strong in my life. And that's what they did. And when they did, suddenly this picture of our Savior, of our Messiah, begins to come forth in their lives. And we see the character. We see the love of God. We see faith. We see devotion and commitment. We see a holy life. We see purity. We see the joy of the Lord, the peace of God in their lives. We see them prosper and do well. We see the hand of God at work in them. They're here one moment and somewhere else the next because God brought them there. We see them impacting the lives of other people, healing the sick and raising the dead and cleansing the leper, preaching the gospel, people getting born again, people's lives being impacted and changed because God got a hold of somebody's life. I'm reading that and I'm just thrilled, just going, hallelujah, this is for me, praise God. He hasn't just relegated that to a specific few who qualified. He's made that available to whosoever will, hallelujah. It's not just for one and not just for the other. It is for anyone who believes. And I saw that and I thought, I want that. I want that, praise God. That is why I am here, is to see that, to experience that, to know that. And I would live, to, to, I'd get up in the morning, I would just thrill to know. I would just devour these books and these testimonies of God moving in the hearts of men. My heart would cry out, say, God, I want to see this in my generation. I want to see you move in your people. I want us to, see, to, to, to live the way that you've caused us to live in you. You've made it available. I'd read stories of Reinhard Bonnke in Africa. And what does he say? All Africa shall be saved. Glory to God. You hear the stories, how he, how he started so small. 
but he was faithful in what God had given him. And so he prospered and he grew and he multiplied and the work of God went forth. Hallelujah. And there are nations that are changed now because of his ministry. Nations that serve Jesus as their head. Hallelujah. Because of what he had done. It's what God had done in a man that was willing to yield himself. I'd read stories of T.L. Osborne, and I'd, I'd look at that Heal the Sick, but Healing the Sick book, right? I'd, that massive thick book. I'd just go through it and see the pictures, the black and white pictures of thousands and thousands of people in his crusades. And then the pictures of, you know, the, the woman who, who is blind and now her eye is open and she can see. The, the boy that was crippled and now he doesn't need those, those appendages, those things anymore. And he's walking freely. I'd see those things and say, that is Jesus. Hallelujah. He is that same one who does that today. And I'd say, if he can do that there, he can do that here. Because it's not dependent on who you are or the nation that you're in. It doesn't depend on any of those things. It only depends on the Lord. It only depends on Him. It depends on a people who are willing to say, I put myself aside. Jesus, you have your way. That's all. That's all it depends. I'd hear things like William Booth say things like, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. I hear him say things like that in the pages of the book. I think absolutely yes. I dig further into God's word. And I'm thinking, how do we get this? (laughs) How do we do this, Lord? And I think any particularly Pentecostal, but I know there are many others in other denominations that have a very similar heart cry that says, God Wake your people. Wake them up. Let's not slumber and be put to sleep by the pleasures of the world, by building our own kingdoms, by the lure of the cares of this world and the things that matter to this world. Let's not be put asleep by those things, but let's be awakened to the Lord. Hallelujah. One thing that really just grips my heart sometimes is, to me... God's kingdom is so real. So real. I read stories about, or hear stories about Jesse Duplantis. Goes to heaven. God takes him there. I I still remember uh, watching it on a videotape. (laughs) That's when I first saw that. I remember watching that and just being in awe. Because I I knew in my heart, heaven is real. And I knew that, that, you know, that is the place of God's goodness and domain reigning freely freely the way that he desires. I I knew it. I can see it in the Bible. But here's someone who is able to, to, to talk about walking in that place, about seeing Jesus. You know, it's interesting when you hear the testimonies of people that have seen Jesus most of their testimonies say, when you look in his eyes, it's like looking into liquid love. It's just love that comes out of his eyes. I think about everywhere I've been. 
And the thing that stands out to me the most, if you were to ask me, why do you follow Jesus? I would have to tell you, it's because I know what it's like to wander off and be lost. And I know what it's like for him to come and rescue me. Rescue me when I could not rescue myself. But he did. He came. He got me. He wanted me. He chose me. Somewhere along the line, there are, there are, in the visions of God in my heart, I found that much of my Christianity was struggling to do all the right stuff to get that to happen. And I think many of us can find ourselves in that place. And maybe for different reasons. Maybe because we're in a difficult spot and we're trying to get out. Maybe because we know there's more, but we don't know how to get it. And so we're trying really, really hard to do what we know to do to get there. And yet all the while, while we're doing all that stuff, he, the Lord remains the same. He rescued us when we didn't even think about Him. He called us before we were born. I think He might have a plan. I think He might have a way. I think, I think He just might have an abundance of grace and ability for you to do the very thing that He's called you to. I think He knows how to do that. Let that be real to our hearts. Let that truth sink in. It's like, Lord, if you could get my attention when I was wandering away, if you could call me out of the darkness, I think you know how to cause me to prosper and do well. I think you know how to fulfill your purpose and plan in my life. I think you know how to do that. And I'm going to trust you to do that. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to trust you to do those very things in me. As much as your effort is an indication to God that you're willing, your effort doesn't produce the kind of life that he wants to produce in you. It's not about your effort. It's about your trust and obedience. There's so many things like the little Sunday school songs that we hear are so valuable and so important sometimes. At least the good ones are. I still have a lot of them. Every once in a while, they'll float up from the inside of me. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You know, I've spent a lot of time in, in the Word. I've heard a lot of good teaching. I was talking about this in discipleship class. And I was saying, as, as a testimony, like we've been, in, we've been every Wednesday for four years now, a little over, and for about two hours, hour and a half, I pour out every Wednesday. I'm not holding back. I'm not dumbing it down. I'm pouring out the way it's poured into me. And I can do that every Wednesday for four and a half years, a little less than four and a half, a little more than four. 
If I th think about how many times have you ever been in a situation, maybe it was in school, when you have to do a presentation in front of the class and you got 15 minutes to do your presentation. How much study and preparation goes into that 15 minutes? Hours. If you're planning on doing it well, hours, right? For 15 minutes that you pour out for 15 minutes. So God has blessed me with the opportunity to pour in his word in abundance. But I'm telling you that much more pours out because of his ability and strength within me. And it has nothing to do with just me preparing and steadying and trying really hard to get it all. At the end of the day, I mean, there's a place for us to do. The Bible says, you know, steady to show yourself approved, a workman unto God. So we do that. But our dependence isn't on how well we do that for whether we're going to have a good result or not when we pour out. Our dependence is on the spirit of the living God who dwells within us to pour out from that place. That's where our dependence comes from, or should be on, is on Him. And so sometimes, you know, I, I got a lot of word in me, and yet, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You know how many times that got me out of trouble? You know how many times that was the answer I was looking for? You know how many times that's just like I run around in circles in the Word thinking, oh, I can try this, I can do this, and then it comes right back to trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. The very simple things. But you see, it's in those places, the little small thing, the little simple thing, that He causes it to grow and flourish and become a strength to your life. There's other verses like that. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Great verses. You know how many times in my life I've wandered around that circle, come right back to trust in the Lord, lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge Him and He directs my paths. Simple, simple, simple. He doesn't make it difficult for us. He knows us. So He doesn't make it difficult. If it was difficult and you somehow got through it and worked your way to the top, then you can pat yourself on the back. Well, I'm not so sure you really want to do that. Because then you're going to miss out on experiencing His grace and the glory thereof in your life. So I started out by talking to you why I follow Jesus. And in the last few years, something has changed in me where I've gone through from doing all the right things I know to do so that I can see God move in my life and the lives of others around me the way that I want. Taking that vision that has been birthed in my heart and trying to cause it to come to pass in my life. He's taken me from that. Hallelujah. To a place where I follow Him because I want Him to be pleased. 
think, okay. Sounds like a, a very small thing, and it is. You know, it used to be, at first, all about what. What does the Bible say? And I used to get into heated discussions with other believers over what does the Bible say? Somewhere along the line, it changed to how do we do this? And it all became about the how-tos of Christianity. How do I do this? How do I do that? But I've discovered that the most important one is why. Why do I do this? Why do I follow him? Why do I obey him? Or why don't I at times? Why? It's a wonderful thing when you realize that some of the answers to that question is because I want to. Or because it benefits me. And you go, oh, I'm doing all this because, you know, if I go to church enough, if I read my Bible enough, if I pray enough, if I witness enough, if I do all these things enough, then I'll keep myself in a place where God can bless me and take care of me and heal me and do, you know, fulfill my life. And then I suddenly realize, I mean, it's, it, you're going along, you're happy, you're working away, you're doing your Christian thing. And all of a sudden, one day, God shows up in your life and shines the light of his word on your heart. His presence, his love overwhelms you. And you suddenly realize that much of what you've been doing is because you've been trying to look after yourself. You've been doing it for you. I know as I say that, some go, ah, I'd never want that experience. Actually, you do. Because until you have that experience... You don't realize what's going on in here in your heart. You want him to know what's going on there, and you want him to show you what's going on in there. Because if there's something like that going on, where it's, oh, it's just about me, and you suddenly realize that, you're now in prime position for him to move that out of the way and show you why living for him is far greater, more freeing, more joyful and satisfying when you realize that I can be free from living for me and I can live for him instead. Hallelujah. When that is in your heart and that's why you follow him, I'm telling you, you become unstoppable. There's nothing that can get in your way. Don't you think that Jesus is going to look after your needs and take care of you? Don't you think he knows where you're at? Don't you think he knows what's going on inside you? He knows all of that and more. He knows all of those things. If he called you when you weren't serving him, how much more now that you're his, you belong to him? Will he take care of his own? Of course he will. So you're free. You're totally free now. You're free to live for what pleases him. Lord, what would you like to do today? And mean it. And not just because you're thinking in your head, I'm going to do what he says, because if I don't, the whole things might go bad for me today. You're still thinking about you. Still thinking about you. But, Lord, I can live for you today. I can please you today. What would you like to do? 
Where would you like to go? Hallelujah. So in this verse that we were reading, he said, He who had chosen and set me apart before I was born and had called me by his grace saw fit and was pleased to reveal his son within me so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles. There are things that the Lord wants to accomplish in the earth. There are things that he wants to do. And I would encourage everyone who is listening, let's lift up our eyes and fix, our, fix them upon Jesus and upon his purposes and plans. Because I'm telling you, one way or another, his purposes will prevail and his plans shall be accomplished. It's simply a matter of what part do you get to take in that? How much do you get to be involved in that? And it's open for you. It's open for all of us. I want to see God move in the hearts of people in a very powerful way. I want Jesus to be revealed to people. And I used to want it simply because that's pretty awesome. But he's been doing a work in me. And I've been seeing that's because he wants that. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to show himself strong on your behalf. He wants to do that. He doesn't want you broken and hurting. He doesn't want you limping through life. He doesn't want you caught up in building your own castle and distracted by the world, living a lukewarm Christianity, living a Christless Christianity. He doesn't want that. But what does he want? Hallelujah. You know, he showed us the full extent of his love by coming and serving us, by laying down his life. On his last day, well, not quite the last day, but the day before, right, right as he was being, before he was being betrayed, he washed the feet of his disciples. You would think that if he was thinking about himself, he'd be like, guys, I need you to pray for me. I'm going to the cross. It's going to be difficult, but I know if you band together and pray for me. Well, they didn't do that very well either. You know? And when he rose from the dead, he didn't be like, hey, you left me there. You left me hanging, literally. Right? He didn't do that. No, instead... He stripped himself of his outer garment and put on the servant's towel and washed their feet. He took the lowest place. And yes, he's been exalted to the highest place now. And that's where he is seated. But his spirit lives within us. And we can take the lowest place in serving one another. And we want to see the purposes of Jesus being fulfilled, then that's the place that we're going to take. Not for any other motive, not like, oh, if I clean the toilets, then God will make me a pastor or give me my own ministry. Again, like, you know, we have great, 
We have great people that do that already here. The job's taken. Find something else. We don't need that. What we need is people who sincerely want to do what the Lord wants to do and for no other reason than they love Him. Well, that sounds too simple. No, but it's the simple things like that that are so powerful and rich and full of life. He's not asking you to do anything else other than to yield yourself to Him in that way. The most exciting life that you can ever have is one in service to God because you love Him. It's the most exciting life you can ever have. Besides, at the end of your life on this earth, you're going to stand before Him, and that's what you get to present to Him. Your motive is what makes the treasure, makes your work a treasure to Him. The motive of your heart is what makes the work that you do a treasure to the Lord that you present to Him on that day. I'm going to say that again. The motive of your heart is what makes the work you do a treasure and of any value. And that's what you present to Jesus, your Lord and Savior, on the final day. You present that to Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 state that. 1 Corinthians 3 as well. So why do I serve Jesus? Why do I follow him? Because he rescued me. Because he loved me first. Because he made a way. Because he gave me a purpose. And I want my life, at the end of it, to have a testimony that stands for all eternity. That says, this man loved the Lord. This man served him with all his heart. Not necessarily works. I don't care if it's crusades and millions of people or if it's a handful. It doesn't matter. What matters is I did what God called me to do. That's what's of eternal value. And that is what I want my testimony to be. And that is available for every single believer. There's no one who's exempt. All of us can be in that place today. All of us can start right now. All of us can be in that place. There is no hindrance that keeps you from that. If you're a believer, there is no hindrance that can stop you from that. And I dare you, I dare you to yield your life to him in a greater way. I dare you to do it. Because I know what will happen. Because he will cause you to grow and flourish and prosper beyond what you can imagine. Because that's who he is. And that is the Lord that we serve. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327. Or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139, 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1. 